guess what? I'm moving country again. I don't know. Maybe a year. Maybe more. Where's home? Home's everywhere. I'm an expat. Hello. Welcome to the very first episode of Meet the Expats. I'm Pauline, your host, a French girl who's lived all around the world, and I will be interviewing expats from around the globe so they can share their stories, their wild experiences, challenges they faced, and the best part, their tips, favorite spots, and top secret addresses so you too can navigate their city like a pro. Today, for the first episode, we go to Ireland, a country which is very dear to my heart, with Marie, who is here, a French girl. Hello. Hello, Pauline. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. End of the day. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Long day. Anyway, thank you. Thank you um, for doing this and being here with me. It's a great pleasure to have you on board. Tell me... Um, So you have lived in Ireland for almost five years now? Yeah, for almost five years now. Okay. Tell me a little bit about how this started. Why, why Ireland? How did this come up? Well, um, I never had the chance to study abroad when I was in the university. Um, so life decided that I couldn't study abroad so it was always missing in my experience uh so when i was working so i, I got a very interesting uh, internship in a company named ibm uh when i was very a student company. and yeah a very small company not very known at all uh and they offered me a position in ireland uh when i finished my internship and comparing this with what was available uh on the market at the moment in France uh, as a first job, first salary, first like first real experience, it seemed so much more attractive. So I decided to, yeah, to move out and get on board with the experience. Um, although I never been to Ireland before. <laughs> so first time I set foot in Ireland was actually like for my job. So I never visited the country before. <laughs> <laughs> nice opportunity that came up then with IBM. I feel jobs is often something that takes us and leads the way to where where we move. It was a little bit of the same the same for me. Yeah, indeed. Um, like I decided to move abroad because the market at the moment in France was not very good for young people. Um, I compared uh, a few different jobs with a few different locations and uh, like the salary was not attractive at all compared to going abroad and have the experience. Uh, as well, I was attracted by the fact that the country was not that far. So it was not such a such a good leap. Like if I quote my mom, my mom said, well, if you go to Ireland, it's one hour away with the plane, it's the same uh, as, as if you were going to live to Marseille. So I guess this is fine. <laughs> it's good. It's comforting. Yes. <laughs> so what, 
you mentioned you had not been to Ireland before. What were you expecting? What image did you have of the country? So my parents came to Ireland about 25 years ago, and my dad was very much into photography, um, and he took a lot of pictures of Ireland. So I grew up with my parents talking about Ireland like it was their, uh, ex like this super beautiful trip that they made when they were younger before I was born and uh, great tradition and I, I think like a bit like everyone I was expecting um, I was expecting this image that we have of Irish people like very joyful and Greenland and anyway coming from the north of France I was prepared to be under the rain all the time because this is a bit of the okay. cliche we have uh, <laughs> about Ireland which is not that false to be honest, it rains mm -hmm. quite often, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so never been to Ireland before. I was, uh, in fairness, expecting beautiful landscape, uh, nice people. And um, I was, when I was a kid, I was completely passionate about the myth mythology and how the Celtic people used to live. So for, for me, yeah, I bought so many travel guides before coming to Ireland and I had all those beautiful landscapes in mind uh it turned out a little bit differently but i'd say landscape didn't disappoint <laughs> landscapes were there the sheep were there were you expecting those <laughs> yeah like i i remember um like being super surprised as well that the sheep went all white they have like <laughs> black head and like little paws like it's super cute <laughs> black-headed sheep and uh expecting leprechauns or no leprechauns uh, no leprechauns, but I did visit no. the leprechaun museum in Dublin, and I must say this is pretty, this is pretty interesting. All the stories that are going around about them <laughs> <laughs> goes back to the Celtic myth mythologies. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so you were, you mentioned it wasn't all that you expected. Any any big surprises? I guess when you when you go abroad and that's your first adult life experience uh and you decide to you decide to take your bag and abandon everything and and go to that country everybody has an image of you know you're going on a road trip and this is going to be so fantastic and and it turned out that uh moving abroad is a total different experience uh first what struck me is that in France, we, we find everything in supermarkets. So you can find uh, appliances, you can find uh, vegetables, fruits, cheese, everything you want is in supermarkets. Uh, in Ireland, it's a bit different. So first being an uh, like a proper island and uh, being in the cold, they don't have so much vegetables, they don't have so much fruits. But I found myself being super surprised not finding my common toiletries uh, in the supermarket as well. I remember this is really weird. Uh, when I arrived, um, I called my mom and I said, mom, you have to send me my shampoo because I'm definitely not going <laughs> to survive without it. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, after talking with a few people, I realized that, no, you actually have to go to a specialized store in order to find your toiletries. And it turns out that I found my shampoo in the end. So that was all right. Um, less infrastructure as well. I, I grew, yeah, I grew up in France and 
uh, in the north of France, we do, we just have so many trains going everywhere you want. So as a student, it was very easy for me to move around. In Ireland, it was a little bit more complicated. And because I was also very young, um, I couldn't rent a car. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you're under 25, uh, you have to pay this huge price for your insurance. So uh, it was very difficult for me to go around at the beginning. So a little bit frustrated, but you find solutions. So. Yeah, but so that that was for traveling around, but within the city, transport is maybe not as important given the size the size of the city. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Although I must say it's getting way better right now. Uh, they're making huge efforts around that. But five years ago, there was only two lines of tramway buses. I'd never understood how they worked. There's no map. <laughs> yeah. So you have to download the app and just rely on the fact that the data is going to be correct. And they're very often late. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, they're making efforts. So before the two tramway lines weren't connecting now at least they're connecting so you can get from uh north to south with the same uh train so this is already an improvement but yeah at the beginning i was like oh my god it's raining all the time so that means no bike uh so yeah it really it really struck me like when i came uh not being able to move around as easily so i started walking which is a great nice to discover the city as well Still in the rain, though, but <laughs> well, you get used to it. You have to invest in yeah rubber boots and a very good raincoat. <laughs> like the best buy you can make in Ireland. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the the thing that really really surprised me is how friendly people are, though. So more, yeah, they are more open. I feel when you when you approach them and happy. To meet people, yeah. I feel yeah. happy to meet new people. Yeah, that that is the that is that is it. If we compare to the French, where I I came from Paris, and yeah, people weren't really open to a conversation with a stranger. Whereas in Ireland, anyone on the street or in a pub might just turn around and start chatting with you about anything, really, which is very surprising yeah. when you come from a city like France, Paris. <laughs> People are super spontaneous and they're not afraid. So, for example, you can find yourself at a restaurant table and somebody will burst into your conversation. It's not going to be appear so weird in here. It wouldn't be rude. Yeah, it, it would appear so rude in France. And here it's like, no, it's just normal. Somebody just taking part of your conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the language. You you mentioned when we spoke before, part of your trip to Ireland was also to learn English. Yeah, um, so I did German as a first language at school. So I can tell you my English level was yeah, it was not great. Uh, I only studied it for four years uh, in like, before graduating high school and then like during my university years it didn't really uh it wasn't really on the program uh so 
that's that's part of the reason why I couldn't study abroad as well because I guess I was afraid and I didn't have the level to apply to those um to those internships or uh, those programs that would send me abroad. So when I decided to take my fate into my own hands, uh, I hired somebody. So while I was still working for IBM in France, I hired somebody, uh, so a native speaker, so I could have conversation with her. So she was from Wales in, in the UK. Uh, because I wanted to learn practical English. I wanted to talk with somebody who had English as a first language. Uh, and I wanted to learn terms that you would never see at school. Because the only thing I could say is, sorry, I'm late. You know, like <laughs> the stuff you the stuff you learn when you're in a classroom and there are lots of people and you don't have opportunity to speak. So, yeah, I hired Alexandra to teach me. English, but as a really practical level. So when I arrived in Ireland, um, I barely know, knew how to get by, but it was enough to understand and try to communicate with people. I remember my first experience was with this taxi driver and he talked to me from the air airport to the city center, which is about 15 minutes to 20 minutes right and I couldn't do anything but nodding like I didn't understand a word this was so weird although he was very patient and I felt everybody was super patient uh, um, when I arrived yeah and the Irish accent is definitely not the easiest to handle when you arrive at first no not at first <laughs> so then um also, I forced myself to research a f like a flatmate uh, who didn't speak French because I felt okay. if I was to moving with somebody who spoke French, I would never learn properly. So um, I've been very lucky. My flatmate Stanislava um, was very good with languages and she made a huge effort to educate me on words. Um, I didn't even know the household vocabulary at first. It's not the one you're going to learn at school. <laughs> yeah, so stuff like sink, vacuum cleaner, dishwasher, cupboard, I didn't know anything about that. So she was super <laughs> patient and um, like she didn't hesitate to repeat the words and she took me everywhere in the city. We really bonded over me learning English. Uh, she's still a very good friend and sometimes I, I, I try to take on German with her. Uh, although wow. <laughs> I, don't, uh, I don't talk to her very often because she moved out since. <laughs> German is the next level. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> So um, as well for the context at the beginning, um, so the, when, I, when I started working in Ireland for IBM still, uh, my entire team uh, was French speaking and I was speaking with French customers. And then we had this big, like a couple of months after I arrived, we had this big reorganization and I found myself sitting in front of two Irish colleagues. Um, and they were making jokes, and I didn't understand a word of that. Uh, I've been super lucky, again, that they were really patient to teach me. And uh, most of my Irish idioms and the way I get by today, uh, it's thanks to them because they've been very, yeah, yeah. They've been very pedagogues with me, like... Uh, 
it was it was really nice of them. Chatting with colleagues probably helps a lot to create both relationships and get more local um, local vocabulary and idioms. Any specific idioms you learned from them? Oh yeah, they were making fun of uh, teaching me stuff like get off that wall. Like when you're super <laughs> su- surprised by somebody who says something to you and you're like, no way. Like in Ireland, it's like, get off that wall <laughs> or get off my garden. You know, like stuff like that. It was really funny. Uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a nice time. I, I'd say this is where I picked up most of my uh, Irish expressions. <laughs> <laughs> Irish um Irish slang. Yeah, Irish sayings, Irish slangs. Uh, yeah, my, my Dublin twang, as they would say. <laughs> I think one that I I learned that I always find very strange is I'm keeping it handy, which means I'm having an easy night tonight staying staying in, which makes no sense to how, how this means that for me. Yeah, and also you'll be grand. <laughs> this You'll one came. the most <laughs> famous one in Ireland. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and they were making fun of my accents because they were saying that I wasn't pronouncing that super right. And this is the that was this uh, this one phrase where uh, my French accent would get out. You know, like <laughs> really being noticeable. <laughs> Which was it? Uh, you'll be grand. You'll be grand. Okay. Can you say it with the French accent? Yeah, you'll be grand. <laughs> or grant. <laughs> you know, like, I, I was really struggling with that one and never, I, I didn't get it right at first. You'll be grand. <laughs> <laughs> any, any embarrassing moments uh, linked to language, actually, mistakes or things that came out terribly wrong? Or, uh, like you'd be surprised but it happened recently actually after four years and a half living abroad um so ah. i was in a pub with some colleagues see it still happens after all that time uh so was at the pub with some colleagues because it's very current on friday night that you would go out and get a pint before coming home uh and the pub was crowded so basically to get to the bar I have to move people around and make sure like I just made a clear path for myself mm-hmm. and I came back with my beer and my colleagues were like where did, where have you been like what happened oh it's just and I responded to them there's so many people I have to shift them in order to pass and access to the bar and they were starting laughing suddenly and I wasn't understanding what what happened and they were like Marie shifting is kissing in Irish slang so I doubt I very much doubt that you would kiss <laughs> all those people in order to get to the bar <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one I I never heard that expression in the same amount of time yeah shifting apparently shifting yeah it's, it means making out <laughs> okay that that is good to know that 
I think could happen to a lot of people. <laughs> you had a crazy night out that night. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I I was lucky that my reputation was already uh, like steady and made amongst my colleagues. Otherwise, I would have been in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And at what point did you feel that you had made great progress in English? What was your aha moment? Uh, my aha moment uh, was when I started understand the different accents going around. Um, ah. As I was explaining, there are loads of different communities in in Ireland. So you also you you of course have the Irish, but also different people from other countries. So first, I started picking up those little differences between somebody being Portuguese native speaker versus Spanish native speakers versus Italian uh, native speaker, and then I started to actually realize that even within Ireland people had so many different accents. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, In, inside Dublin, but also within Ireland. Yeah. And there's um, Foil, I think it's Foil and Arms is a um, stand-up comedy comedy troupe. And they did, they did a scene about accents around Ireland and the UK which is hilarious I'll link it in the in the comments you guys can hear the different accents it, it is very good I don't know if you've heard it before Marik. no I will I will watch it so you talked about uh, learning English with your housemate learning English with your Irish colleagues also outside of work were you more with French people, were you able to also meet a lot of uh, internationals, maybe? Um, so I really made a huge effort building connections outside of the French community. Although I had connections with French people because of work, because of uh, some social events I would go to, uh, my focus wasn't on staying with my own community so I started taking dance classes yoga classes uh, playing board games uh, in meetups uh, and it really teaches you vocabulary and you will be able to meet like people from all backgrounds what I really like mm -hmm. in Dublin is that the expat community is huge so you have Italians Brazilians Spanish people like Everybody comes from a different place in Europe. So this is very cosmopolitan. Um, I'd say even if most of my closest friends now in Ireland are French, uh, now that I think of it, there are people who were already well integrated and speak perfect English already. So I didn't suffer from that French community effect where people would live for four years in Ireland and barely speak, spoke English. Uh, yeah, I think it's because I met those people outside of those French communities. Uh, only now that I live in Ireland for a few years, um, I start reconnecting with the French community, going to the Alliance Française, watching French movies, uh, go for cultural events, which never happened before because I was really in a search of meeting other people. Okay. Is it because you feel the language piece is done or because you need to reconnect with the culture or 
a mix of both, maybe. I think after a while you start you start feeling confident about your level of integration in the country and you start missing your own mm. culture, um, which is, yeah, I, I think it happens to all of us. Uh, I used to have friends saying that when you move to Ireland, uh, because I only know the Ireland's case, uh, you, on, yeah, you either leave after six months because you don't really like it and then there is a turning point after four years where you either miss your country so much that you go back or you decide to stay and then it becomes five years, eight years, 10 years, 11 years. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think I start missing some aspects of the French cultures. And this is why uh, I start uh, connecting more with the French community. But uh, this is also a chance because I get to have best of both worlds, kind of. Yeah, you get to mix up both the Irish and also go back to, well, your home, well, your home country in a way, um, France, with parts of the parts of the culture, which is quite important in Dublin. Yeah. So by now, your level of integration is pretty high, I guess, in uh, in Ireland and in Dublin. What was that tipping point for you where you you finally felt home? Oh, um, I'd say like Ireland is an island. So if you had like when you go on holidays, when you go visit your family, uh, wherever you go outside of Ireland, you have to take the plane. Uh, this moment where I really felt home is feeling super relieved arriving at the airport and seeing, uh, saying to myself, I can't wait to see like the happy face of the Irish people. I can't wait to be home and be with nice people. Uh, when you arrive at the airport, you pass security. And what always struck me is that, uh, the, like the frontier guards, uh, are super nice they always ask <laughs> they always ask how you are and uh, where you come from if you had a good trip and this I, I guess when I recognized this this element as like something defining for me to yeah. go back home uh, this is when I felt the most integrated like oh, I wow. felt so, I was yeah. going back to my country it's which is a bit weird <laughs> You were happy, yeah. You were happy to fly back home, even though you'd come back for your from your native country. And again, you're coming back to the people, uh, friendly and and smiling. Then, just like ha you had mentioned at the very beginning, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's that's indeed that. And I think I felt it after three years, maybe. Okay, three so years was pretty long. But... Yeah, I I travel quite often for work and for personal reasons, and after three years, it was really. Uh, I, I guess this is also the moment where I settled with my boyfriend here as, as well. Okay. So uh, yeah, so you made a home together, also. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Nice, and in terms of in the city, now that you know it well, what are your favorite spots so i know you mentioned the restaurants and the bar could you tell us a little bit about them uh strangely enough i have two favorite restaurants um for two very different reasons uh i guess in dublin itself uh my favorite restaurant local restaurant is a restaurant called the rosa madre 
um, mm -hmm. because this is a restaurant where I often meet with friends and the food is really good. It's a bit uh, um, high-end, like uh, kind of uh, Italian restaurants. The, the it's a bit okay. pricey, but uh, the food has uh, a really good quality. So if you want to sit with friends and have a good time and have uh, different types of wines and you've got a little bit of budget, this is definitely the place I would go to. Um, and my other favorite restaurant, like taking the point of view of more more of a tourist, would be the Gogarty because uh, you find nice Irish food, and this is the place where the atmosphere uh, is the closest to a real Irish restaurant and pub, in my opinion, inside of Dublin. Um, yeah. <laughs> Could you describe a little bit the the atmosphere that we feel in there? Uh, so. It's in between a restaurant and a pub, so you have a lot of people moving around. Uh, there are like loads of spots where people play music, so you would have local artists coming with guitars right. or violins and and singing. So this is really a place where you can sit and have some food, like typical Irish food, but with good quality food, good quality yep. ingredients, and. Uh, Live and music have, and live music, yeah, indeed. So, um, yeah, this is this is the reason why I like this place. So, if I had to take somebody to a typical Irish restaurant, so for example, somebody visiting me, this is where I would go. Right. And your what would be your favorite place in the city? Like as a bar or uh... <laughs> whichever, up to you. It's, it's a like, free pick. Carte blanche. Carte blanche. <laughs> Uh, it's actually not in Dublin, strangely enough. Okay. Uh, I really like going to Oath. It's H-O-W-T-H for people who don't know. Uh, so you take the train from the city center of Dublin and it's along the sea. It's a, it's a little uh, fishing harbor and you can find mm. really good fish restaurants and you can take a walk around and see the boats you even have the opportunity to see seals or take a boat and go visit the the small islands that are in front of the the coastline so this is where i go when i need space headspace basically right okay so it's your relaxing um meditation spot anyway indeed, indeed. <laughs> nice before um, before we wrap up, I like to ask my guests if there is a song that resonates with their stay abroad. For you, is there one particular song that comes out for for your stay in Ireland? Oh yeah, and you're gonna find that ridiculous, but this is actually last Christmas. <laughs> the, the, the Christmas Carol, basically. Yeah. Uh, Christmas, I gave my heart. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So uh, I like. I know it's a bit unconventional, but uh, when I arrived in Ireland for the like the first year, it was in September. So Christmas happened very fast, very quickly, and people here are mad about Christmas. And you hear Christmas carols from end of November to beginning of January. And this is the one that was playing in a lot of shops, streets, uh, everywhere I was going, in pubs. Uh, so, yeah, every time I hear this song, it reminds me of my first year in Dublin. So maybe this is the reason why it reminds me. It's the nostalgia song. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely far away from being my favorite song ever. But this is the one that makes the memories come back. 
Nice. It's a nice story. I like it. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Very, they're very insightful. I learned a lot about you. And just before uh, I wrap up, a couple key takeaways that I that I take away from your your story is well, definitely there's nothing like being immersed uh, with the locals just to learn the language and get the idioms, get the real, the real local slang. Um, but that definitely takes proactiveness on your, um, on your behalf to, yeah, to go towards the people and actually, actually try. I was yeah. also very struck by what you said at the very start where you had to readjust your consumer habits with the very small things and it's true that when you move abroad, okay, you move completely. Uh, you know it's going to be a big change of life. You know it's going to be adjust, an adjustment. And you know that before leaving. But its I don't think you realize how much of an adjustment it is. And in these tiny little things, uh, things that you, you think are completely normal, how much they change actually from one country, uh, country to another. Yeah. Those are the small things that make you realize you're actually not home. Yeah, and just put you put you off your comfort zone. You're expecting the big things, but not uh, not necessarily the, the small ones. Yeah, you wouldn't imagine as well uh, for a country like Ireland. This is so close geographically, but also very different. So, well, thank you very much for your time, guys. Thanks for listening. I will link in the description about the song, the restaurants and stay tuned for the next episode thank you Pauline bye